Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235. And let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Is my audio loud enough? I, I just I turned on the volume on this because it was too loud. But is it, did, did that affect my audio? Are you okay on that? It sounds great. You sound clear and uh, everything. Yeah, it's good audio. Okay, 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 good. I because I turned on the volume, it was just a little bit loud, so I didn't know if it affected the audio. So I was thinking about something. Uh, now I'm going to make this announcement now, uh, but simply because today I received like oh seven maybe eight big, big postcards the size of well, 8x11, 8x10 postcards for political candidates. And we're being flooded on TV with political candidates and their campaigns. We're being flooded on the news. We're being flooded on the radio. I want to make the announcement right now. All About Wine is going to be a political-free sanctuary during these elections. We're not going to talk about candidates. We're not going to talk about uh, any of that stuff. So if you want to get away from all that, tune in to us, and we won't talk about any political stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's, you know, no, no political talk on All About One. So after receiving all those things today, I'm going, oh, my gosh. And so there we go. Yeah. <laughs> So Mike did the show last week. Yay! Uh, a little short. He uh, uh, misjudged his, his time slot, but he did the show last week. And so if you haven't listened to it yet on archives, go back and do so. And he mentioned something on the show, too, that I want to repeat, and that is the fact that we have stuff for sale all about wine. Uh, is the outlet now for Florida Estates Winery stuff. We've got T-shirts and we've got glasses, and we actually we have a few bottles of port uh, left. We have a lot of different things. So if you want any of this, email me at all about wine or uh, what what happened there? Well, something popped up here, and I don't know why. This thing drives me nuts. It keeps doing weird things. So uh, if you have anything that you're interested in, or I want to know if we have it or something. Contact you. Okay. Well, my engineer just says she'll post on the All About Wine Facebook page, so you can check that out too. So uh, check out the All About Wine Facebook page. Over the next couple three days, she'll get posts up there of some of the stuff we have and all that. So uh, thanks. Uh, So you still there with me? Yeah, I am. I'm being here now. Okay. Yeah, you're you're still there. Uh, we were having audio problems at the very beginning there, and I, I get a little scared that you might disappear or something. So I was asking a uh, few announcements about different things. Uh, first, the wildfires. Let me go back and and find something on on the wildfires here and tell you about it. I contacted uh, California. The person I talked to last time, he said, as far as he knows, no wildfires are affecting any wineries. Uh, The little map, again, it's uh, the wxshift.com. 
uh, site that I'm going to, which is a you know pretty good site. It has a lot of different things in it and all that. So, but this is where I'm getting my information for the wildfires. Largest fire burning right now, 78,425 acres. Wow. Large fires currently burning in the United States are, are 84. I think a couple of weeks ago I said there was only like 50 or something. We were up to 84. Smoke is covering pretty much three-fourths of the United States. Uh, the smoke from the wildfires is spread out all over the place. Uh, a couple of fires in Texas. There's one in South Dakota, one in Oklahoma. And then the West has lots of fires. Very dry, very hot. Lots of fires burning in the West. But and people I've talked to are saying there's none of them, as of right now, affecting the vineyards, although smoke is out there. But we are a little ways away from any type of harvest or any type of rising or anything, so it might not affect it. But just our weekly report on wildfires, just to keep you up to date and informed. Wineries, we got some... Uh, Information on some wineries here. Ennery River Winery. Ennery River News. And if you're not subscribing to it, you can do so uh, at uh, enneryriverwinery.com and get their email sent out to you. And they're also on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all that. But Ennery River News is they have... Happy hours every Thursdays in August from 5 to 7. And it's uh, glasses of wine, $5 each, and bottles of wine, $3 off during happy hour. Uh, they've extended that here as a little thing. Thursday hours extended in August from noon to 8. Cool. So you've got a better time. Henry River Wineries. Uh, they also have a new wine tasting menu featuring a newly added pomegranate wine. So, uh, wow. Uh, wine slushies, they are doing a caramel apple wine slushie, which is available during normal business hours, Thursday through Saturday. So, Ennery River, located on 1650 Dusty Road in Newberry, South Carolina. And so... Uh, and I've got another thing here from Entry River too. This is Entry River calling all vendors. Okay, they're doing a festival coming up on October the 13th, and they need vendors, handcrafted vendors only. There's no vendor charge. You must bring your own tent, tables, chairs, all that stuff. So if you are located anywhere around South Carolina, again, Newberry, South Carolina, Henry River is doing a festival coming up, and they're looking for vendors for the October 13th festival date. It's the Harvest Festival, the Newberry Harvest Festival. And let's see, uh, pomegranate wine. Oh, uh, they have a strawberry blend wine slushie available now, too. So that is at Henry River. Uh, if you need to get a hold of them, 803 276 2855. All right. And just for those of you who are happen to be in England, Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn are back on tour again. I don't know. Are you familiar with Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn? They're Mike, they're singing group. Never heard of them. Oh, I haven't either. Uh, uh, after it says, after a string of huge shows this year, FS and HG are embarking on their biggest tour yet. Uh, in October, they're going to be in Nottingham, Birmingham, Manchester, Bristol, Leeds, and London. So you can uh, go to, uh, uh, let's see, Frankie Stew and Harvey Gunn, FS and HG, uh, the websites, contact them on that. So uh, I don't know. I've never heard of me. I don't know what they play or how they play or what they play. But I received the email. And I've always said if I get emails with stuff, I'll pass them on. So I'm passing it on to you. So, and so that's, uh, and let's see. There's some more winery stuff here. I, I've got, a, for some reason, I don't know why, and I need to share this. Uh, 
I'm getting emails in on All About Wine from Quora Digest. That's Q-U-O-R-A-D-I-G-E-S-T. Quora Digest. And for some reason, those are popping in. But it's just questions. People ask questions, and they find experts to answer them. Pretty cool. Uh, if you're interested, check out Quora Digest. I don't know what the actual... Let me click on one of these and see if I see an address here that you can go... No, that's just no reply. No, I, I don't see an address. Well, maybe it's at the bottom here. Um you're out of Mountain View, California. Uh, no, Cora. Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but different things. How good was Elvis on guitar? And the answers to that. Or if you fill your gas tank until the pump stops, is that considered a top-off? You know, just different things that you may wonder and people ask and have answers. Is Han Solo really dead? Here's one of the questions here. Um, so, a cool site. I, I just I just discovered it's in my on the Facebook page, or not Facebook, on the All About Wine page. So, I don't know who sent it to me or why, but thanks whoever did it. Some more winery announcements here. Uh, whoops, not that, not there, not there, not there, not there, not there, here we go, Tassel Ridge Winery, this is in Iowa, Tassel Ridge Winery, uh, located at, uh, let me give it to you, 1681 220th Street in Leighton, Iowa, Leighton, Leighton, uh, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, Leighton, Iowa, yeah, you can, uh, that's your mailing address. You can get their website, uh, tasseridgewinery.com. They um, have uh, different articles. They won double gold and all that, telling them about it. Uh, they're uh, featured wineritas. They have wineritas, Harvest Club Corner, uh, gift shop, different things on the cellar activities, what's going on. From our vineyards, upcoming events. Uh, wow! Every the they have a bistro lunch Monday through Fridays and select Saturdays throughout August. They have uh, let's see, today's the ninth, so coming up tomorrow, wine and wood fired oven pizza day. Uh, they have that throughout the month on Fridays. They also have. Uh, well, not just Fridays, Thursdays, Fridays, a lot of times in there, some Saturdays. A wine and a slider Saturday coming up towards the end of the month. So all sorts of stuff at Tassel Ridge. So if you're in Iowa, that is southeast of Des Moines, just a little southeast of Pella. And if you've never been to Pella, Iowa, they have one of the largest... Uh, oh, jeez, um, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, what's Denmark? What's the flower in Denmark? Uh, tulips. They have one of the largest tulip uh, growers and displays there in Pella, Iowa, that you'll find in the United States. Just gorgeous, gorgeous. So, uh, Tassel Ridge Winery. And, let's see, Keith Joshua, my friend Keith. Joshua down in Arizona has uh, things coming up. He always has things going on. The Magdalena Bash Harvest Festival is the 25th of this month from 11 to 5. Live music all day long. Uh, tasting fees. Uh, they'll have $15 grants customer, a souvenir glass, and five pours. And so tickets are available at the door. You can get those there, or I'm sure he'll take reservations. Uh, Harvest is coming up. They are uh, looking at doing that uh, this time of year. This, Yeah, this is the time. Whiskey and Wine at Keith Joshua Wilcox. They are joining with Elgin Distillery to do an event on Saturday, September the 15th. 
so that is happening coming up there. And they're saying save the dates for 2019. Uh, they've got the 2019 Arizona Wine Growers Festival featuring 21 wineries set for March the 2nd and 3rd. Hashtag rain or shine. And then on April 13th and 14th, a professional chili cook-off and winemaker cooking challenge. Wow, sounds like some cool events going on there. I think they still have every Sunday morning, they have a brunch, a wine brunch. Uh, They did when I was there. Fantastic, fantastic event and fantastic food. It's really, really nice. So, but Keith Joshua located at 370 Elgin Road in Elgin, Arizona, um, number 520-455-5582, kj-vineyards.com, kj-vineyards.com. So, uh, great place out in the highlands of southern Arizona. Hot, but don't go in the middle of the day, go at night and in the evening. A lot of neat stuff coming up there, though. They won't ship you any wine right now, too, by the way. Any of the wines you, any wineries you visit in southern, uh, southern Arizona this time of year, they all have big signs that saying, we will not ship your wine now. It's too hot. We will ship in the fall when it cools down because they don't want those wines to be sitting around in trucks and warehouses and all that when it's hot. So good for them. Good for them. Okay. Let's see here. I know I have another wine read here that I need to give a shout to. Uh, Oh, here we go. Amazing Grace Vineyards. I knew I had one more. Amazing Grace Vineyards. uh, They are located in Chazzy, New York. 9839 Route 9 in Chazzy, New York. Amazing Grace has coming up here on August the 12th, which is the day after tomorrow. Bruce Pananude and Bill Jock is going to be in the pavilion. Music from the 70s and 80s and more. They're also going to have uh, wine tastings and food and all sorts of stuff. August the 25th, Liv Waters is going to be singing. And she will also be back on the September 9th. Uh, both of those are in the evening. Liv Waters, uh, singer-songwriter who is new to the area, uh, will, uh, they, they say, give a listen and you'll fall in love. So those are a couple of dates coming up there for Amazing Grace Vineyard. Phone number 518 Four zero four four, and the website amazinggracevineyard.com on Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, if you are a winery, if you are something associated with winery, and or even like those those two guys that are singers that are back on tour again, uh, they sent me an email. Don't know why, but that's cool. Thank you. If yeah, yeah. It was an email on the all-out wines. Yeah. Wow. Because they're, uh, yeah. I listened to them. I, I found them while you were talking. Uh, they are, yeah, they have uh, some uh, YouTube videos up, and they, uh, at least the two videos I saw, they're rapping. Um, oh. And the one guy has a heavy accident. Well, to us, I guess it would be a heavy accident. To them, to, <laughs> you know, to them, that side of the pond, it's probably normal. Oh, I know what he's uh, saying. But, uh, it, yeah, I, I couldn't understand a lot of it, but I was like, oh, okay. Um, it starts off, he's playing, you know, it's like a, like a nice, easy guitar, and then all of a sudden he starts rapping, and, and it uh, that's what they do. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, they sent me the video, uh, the email. It was on the All About Wine uh, email that came in. So, you know, for wow. some reason, somehow they got a hold of us, so it's just cool. You know, maybe the show's reaching yeah. across the pond, you know, so. So, yeah. Yeah, if you are a winery or anything like that, send me an email. I'll be happy to announce that we have listeners out there, and we have people that are going to be in those different areas, so it may generate something. And so I don't mind talking about it. Uh, let's see. Let's, I don't think I have any more. I think Amazing Grace was the last one. Uh, yeah, they are. Okay. 
Um, I have another thing coming up here, though. Oh, first, let me read a bit of trivia. I, I said I'm going to read trivia every week, and I think everyone's why I forget it, but I got it right here. This next one, uh, trivia, is from, if I can separate the page here so I can see it, is first gross. If money were no object and you could buy any of the most expensive Bordeaux, you might start with the five so-called first growths. These are the wines at the pinnacle of Bordeaux's legendary, if controversial, ranking system known as the 1855 classification. As a side here, this isn't part of what I'm reading you, but as a side here, I need to talk about that 1955 uh, classification and the controversy that surrounded it. Uh, I'll make myself a note here and bring it up on a future show. Of the first gross, Chateau Margaux and Chateau Lafitte Rothschild are often the most elegant and subtle. Chateau Montan Rothschild and Chateau Latour are the most powerful. And Chateau Hautbriand is the most sensually earthy. So those are the first growths of France, which is, you know, good wines, expensive wines, too. Like they said at the beginning, money were no object. So I'll, I'll see if I can't find about that first classification, the first system. Okay. Uh, oh, here's something else I want to mention, too. I received a letter for wine, all about uh, for uh, Florida State Winery, which, you know, unfortunately, they don't know I'm closed. But this is something you might be interested in, Mike. It's a festival of speed, and it's called Wheels, Watches, and Wine. And let me just read you the letter. It's easier than paraphrasing. It's pretty short. It's distilleries, wineries, breweries, invitation to participate. We would like to invite you to participate in our newest series of bespoke luxury events entitled Wheels, Watches, and Wine. It is free for you to participate and sample your product to the, ex- the exclusive audience. So this exclusive event will take place on Thursday, August 16th, which is a week from today, from 6.30 to 9.30 at the new Fields Motorcars Rolls-Royce Bentley and Lamborghini dealership in Orlando. Attendees will be hand-selected exotic car owners and watch collectors. Attendance will be confirmed by advanced restoration and limited to only 120 people to ensure a qualified attendee. On display will be a fabulous display of exotic cars, timepieces, and luxury brands. Names that include Patek Philippe, uh, it's not Philip Philippe, Rolex, Breitling, Cartier, Panerai, and Omega. And I'm not a watch person, so I may have mispronounced some of those. As well as many others will be on all will all be on display. In addition, there will be a wine and spirit tasting featuring over 60 wines and spirits for guests to enjoy. A brief live auction featuring two to three wine or luxury items will take place with 100% of all proceeds going directly to our charity, which is Kids Beating Cancer. And then it has an email and phone number if we'd like to participate. But... uh, Pretty pretty exclusive event over there. If you're if you're interested, if you're one of the discerning people that would like to attend, contact Joe at Festival of Speed Festivals with an S Festivals of Speed dot com. So there you go. So that means you're gonna be gone next week to attend this, Mike. Probably, uh, you know, we'll do a live show as I'm driving around in my Lamborghini, and yeah, um, I'll take your Lamborghini over to it. <laughs> that's always been my car. Um, wow, yeah, I, I got be... to drive a Lamborghini. I have to tell you this. <gasps> no. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, it's not as impressive as it sounds. But I tell people I got to drive a Lamborghini. I was doing. I, I'm a. I worked as a photographer for many years. I was doing a, a car show down in Miami. And 
they were setting up and doing everything. I was going around taking pictures of some of the guys setting up and all that. And they, I was taking a picture of this Lamborghini, and they, one of the guys said, we need to back up a few feet. And I said, can I do it? Can I do it? And they go, yeah, I'll jump in and do it. So I got to jump in and back up the Lamborghini. <laughs> About six feet. <laughs> Not bad. No, no, I, you know, I, that's the only time I, you know, I ever. Mm. But yeah, I got to actually drive a Lamborghini. When I just I got to drive, no. people are impressed. But then when I explain the whole story, they go, "Oh, yeah, yeah." But that's more than most people do. So you know, I mean, it is impressive. <laughs> but it's uh, awesome. I love you know, week from tonight, event coming up. Mm. So if any of you are interested, that's that's coming up a week from tonight. Uh, mm. See, and I and let me find it here. I've got a couple of things, a couple of stories, or not stories, but a couple of bits of information that I wanted to pass on. What happened to it? Did I eliminate it for some reason during a moment of I don't need this crap anymore? I might have eliminated it. I don't think so, though. Oh, I know where it might be. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, is this it? Uh, no, that's not the one. Well, let me mutter a little bit to you while I'm trying to find... This actually was a a real nice article on Kansas City being a wine destination. And it talked about what they had available there and all that. Uh, huh. And I said, I had, you know, I, I made myself a note, but not to save it so I can be sure to talk about it. No, I can't find it. Ah, okay, let me see this. There's one more chance here to see. Um, no, that's not it. But I did find something I want to talk about. Biodynamic calendar. I, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the biodynamics. They used to, the biodynamics used to be real popular back in the 70s, uh, mid, late 70s into the early 80s. They used to, you know, you'd have your your good days and your bad days, and you would your life goes through a biodynamic pattern where you swing. There's three different parts of the your life, uh, and, and for life, I mean, I should have found out more about this since I'm talking about it. But it starts on the day you're born. And the day you're born, you're at a low on all three of them because of the stress and because of the, you know, the, everything is not a good day, actually, as far as life goes, because it's the stress of being born. You know, so the biodynamic calendar starts there. And there's three different cycles, but they don't run on the same pattern. You, you, they, one of them runs, are, they all run different speeds. So, Excuse me. You can have a triple good day, or you can have a triple bad day. But most of the time, you're having good days and emotions, and a bad days physically and stuff. And that's that's two of them. I can't think of what the third one is. But biodynamic. It is you know, not biodynamic in the vineyard or stuff like that. It's just uh, uh, the biodynamic in your life, uh, the calendars, and it was very popular. They said that pilots, you know, some airlines at the time were limiting pilots from flying if they had a triple low day and stuff. So, you know, it's just, yeah, and you can look up biodynamics on that and find the chart and chart your own life and see where you are on it. And it was fun. Everybody used to, actually, they used to have a little calculator that you'd punch in your birth date and the current date and the calculator would tell you where your bio rhythms. 
thank you. I'm saying biodynamics is biorhythms. Yes, thank you. My engineer just corrected me. Uh, biorhythms. And so it used to, you know, your biorhythms, good days, bad days, and all that. So, but the reason I'm bringing all that up is because they also have biorhythms for wine. Now, I might have brought this up before. And I think maybe I did a few years ago. Speaking of bringing up something a few years ago, I met with one of our listeners uh, last week. He, um, I told you I had some port available, and he wanted some port, so I met with him, and we talked for a while. And he said, you know, he said, you mentioned that you've talked about this in past shows, and you're always saying, oh, I talked about this before. He said, talk about it again. He said, not everybody's able to go back and listen to all the past episodes. We forget some of the stuff you say, and we're not always up to date on everything. And so you really wouldn't have heard to talk about some stuff you've already talked about again so that we can keep it fresh in our mind. So I said, oh, okay, good point. But excuse me while I take a sip of Chardonnay. Uh, Chardonnay is Florida State's winery Chardonnay. I we hadn't had a bottle. Engineer said, "Why don't we open these up and enjoy them during the during the show?" I said, "Good idea." So, little little crisp, little acidic, but nice Chardonnay. I, I always liked Florida State winery Chardonnay, and so did a lot of people. We had customers used to come in and get it by the case. So, but that's what I'm doing. Finish up the last bottle. The Florida State Chardonnay. But the lunar calendar has been used for farming for centuries, and that's really where biodynamics come from, is the lunar calendar. But does the moon really affect how good a bottled wine tastes? Okay, the same bottle sometimes doesn't taste as good as one time as when you open it the next. When you go to a tasting, you go, oh, this is really, really good. And then the next time you go, not so. And this is because, and they're crediting it, because of the lunar calendar. The uh, lunar calendar has fruit days, and it has flower day, and it has leaf day, and it has root day. And fruit day and flower day are good, and leaf day and root day are bad. The fruit day versus root day, the idea behind that is the idea is that uh, days uh, were, was inspired by Rudolf Steiner, and he's the one that actually came up, he was an Austrian philosopher who defined biodynamic farming. We talked about him when we talked about biodynamics. The focus on the moon and how it affects life on the earth and how it affects it back and forth. And also the first century Roman naturalist, Pliny the Elder, said the moon replenishes the earth. When she approaches it, she fills all bodies, while when she recedes, she empties them, which is the basis for biorhythms and biodynamic and all that. A lot of it has to do with the moon. But the root day. Root days are when the moon is in any of the earth signs. And if you're familiar with astrology, then earth signs are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. And if you follow the lunar calendar for wine tasting, root days are not good days to enjoy wine. Flower days are when the moon is in any of the air signs, like Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Flower days are recommended for enjoying aromatic wines such as Rognier and Trantis. Or Trantis or wherever. Leaf day. Leaf days are when the moon is in any of the water signs such as Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Leaf days are when the plant is focused on producing chlorophyll and are generally not recommended for enjoying wine. And finally, fruit day. Fruit days are when the moon is in any of the fire signs, 
such as Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Fruit days are the most optimal wine-tasting days. So, and it's just not like, oh, we're in Leo right now, so all wine's going to taste good for a month, but then we are in Taurus, and it's all going to taste bad. It doesn't work that way. So that's, uh, you know, uh, it, it goes in cycles. A uh, lunar calendar is commonly used for gardening and harvesting practices. Uh, the old farmer, uh, old farmer's almanac uses the same lunar calendar to recommend planting schedules. So it's you know, the lunar calendar is used a lot in a lot of different things. So it's not, and it's part of the biodynamic system of wine growing and stuff. So it's uh, it's fun. It's a fun thing to look at. I. I think I've talked about this before on the show about the uh, the biodynamic uh, the um, biorhythms of tasting wine, but I, I just found that so I'm going to bring this up to you and talk about it again here a little bit. So there you go. Let's see now. I've got oh I was looking for information. What was it a month ago? I talked about our over that. The Zimbabwe tainted wine. I don't know if you remember that, but to remind you, Zimbabwe in Africa, a bunch of Zimbabweans found wine left by tourists, or so they thought it was wine left by tourists. They drank it. One person died, 70 people ended up sick, sick enough to throw a lot of them in the hospital because of the tainted wine. The question arises, if it was bad enough to be tainted enough to kill a person, why didn't they smell it or did they not care or all sorts of questions, but it killed one person and made sick 70 others. I think 72 was the final number that they came up with. I was searching for a follow-up to that, for more information, trying to find if maybe they had some more information out there about what was that tainted wine or if any more people got sick or anything. And I could not find anything else. I searched around and couldn't find it. Punched in the Bobby tainted wine, and I just got the original article, and that was all. But something popped up that I did notice. It was a lawyer site called Berg Simpson. It is lawyers who are located in Colorado, Arizona, Ohio, and Wyoming, which is a big Colorado, Arizona, Ohio, and Wyoming. Uh, to me, you know, it seemed like they would be like in more of the same place. But I found this, and the list of lawyers is like enormous. They're, and this is just some of the... Uh, I, you know, I think this is just a Colorado. They have another list of Ohio attorneys and another list of Arizona attorneys, another list of Wyoming attorneys. Just an enormous list of lawyers. But what caught my eye on this, not that they had so many lawyers or anything, they have a list of tainted, the, the tainted wine list. Okay, the following is a list of wine labels tested by beverage grades and determined to contain arsenic levels in excess of 10 parts per billion. These wines are the subject of a class action lawsuit filed March 19, 2015. Now, I believe this has been thrown out of court. I, I'm almost positive the lawsuit has been dismissed completely, even with appeals and stuff. I'm sure it's been dismissed. I, when it was back in 2015 when we were talking about this originally, I believe it came to the point where it said that it was no more. It had stopped. They just stopped and didn't do anything else about it. But I ran across this. This is still out there. This is the tainted wine lawsuit. And it has a list of all the wines that have more than 10 parts per billion. Now, 10 parts per billion is insignificant. You know, if I had ten, uh, if I had a billion dollars and I give you 10 parts, I give you $10. Uh, 
out of my billions. That shows you how insignificant that is. But this is the list. They, I'm, I'm not going to read all these because it's a lot of them, but it's a lot of Almaden wines. There is Arrow Creek, Bandit Wines, Bay Bridge, Beringer, Charles Scholl, uh, Glen Ellen, uh, a couple, three, Concanon, Cooks, Corbett Canyon, Cupcake, um, Fetzer, Fisheye, Flip Flop, Frangia, a lot of the Frangia, excuse me, Corbell, Menage Troy, a lot of those, Mogan David, Oakleaf, Simply Naked, Smoking Moon, Sutter Home, a lot of Sutter Home, uh, Vantage Wine Club, uh, Wine Cube, uh, just a whole bunch of mirror on this lawsuit. I never saw the actual list of the lawsuit. I heard about it and talked about it, but never saw it, but that caught mine. I just thought that was, why don't you take it down? I mean, that's really my thought more than anything, but, uh, but that was on, uh, that was on my search for the Zimbabwe tainted wine search. And also found Zimbabwe wines. And Zimbabwe actually makes wines. If you're not familiar with where Zimbabwe is, it is in Eastern Africa. Uh, Zambia is to the north, and Botswana is to the west, and Swaziland to the south, and Mozambique to the east in that area. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but they do make wines. Chenin uh, Blanc, Columbard, uh Cape Riesing, what they call it, which is actually a Corchon, a red wines, or Pintage, which is South Africa, which is to the south of Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot and Syrah. So, uh, no wonder the Zimbabweans thought it was wine, because they do make wine there. All right. Uh, let's go back to this. This is what I want. Okay. Uh, Inquired Digest. I told you about that. Looking at stuff and trying to be sure I tell you everything because I've been forgetting stuff the last couple of weeks and I just don't want to forget it all. Okay, so I told you that. Now, and what is this? Okay. The Emergence of non-vinifera grapes. Hybrid grapes are really frowned upon all over, but France has banned them in classified wines except for Bacca Noir, which is made in the Armagnac Ar- distillation, which I think is for cognac. But they pretty much ignored them. It's not being used. Uh, non-vinifera wines aren't being being used in a lot of places, but uh, Vitus Labrusca is, is another one that's used in a lot of places, but they are being planted and used a lot more around the world. They're finding different areas that are finding that they grow much better. They are producing good grapes and they are resistant to the weather and different diseases and different uh, low re- uh, high resistance to uh, rot and different things. So they're being planted all over the place. France is using them a little bit more. Vermont is using them a lot. Non-Vernifera wines. Uh, cold climate uh, grapes are okay in some areas, but uh, the American hybrids, Cayuga, Chaminette, Louisville Blanc, are being planted a lot in the northeast. And so the non-traditional grapes, the non-vitus renifera grapes, are catching on more and more and more and being used in a lot of places. Uh, University of Minnesota, University of Michigan, Cornell University of New York all are leaders in making the non-vinifera brands of wine. So I want to hit on that. Let's see. Where is... 
And let's see. The favorite wine grapes along the same line here, and this is another story. Favorite wine grapes need some help. They need help because of the fact of the climate change and some of the diseases and stuff that are getting into it. And also the fact that they have been crossbred and interbred so much that they've lost some of its genetic diversity, which is so important in keeping the grapes healthy and growing and doing well. So a lot of the uh, to, to prevent a catastrophe in a lot of the wines are looking at uh, you know, disease outbreaks and all that, looking at doing some crossbreeding into the wines and coming up with grapes that taste and grow and do as well as the ones we know, Cabernets, Zimitos, Merlots, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnays, but yet not lose any of the qualities. A Dr. Kevin Begos, B-E-G-O-S, has written a book called Tasting the Past. It's the science of flavor and the search for the origins of wine. And he has went on to explain how the grapes are starting to lose some of its diversity. So interesting concept, interesting idea, something that you might look into, might be interested in. Germany, let's read this and let's let's talk about Germany for a little bit here. German wines, uh, the regions of Germany. We haven't discussed Germany in a long, long time, and I saw this little thing here, this little graph about German wines, and so I wanted to share it with you in case you are not up on it. Uh, German wines are great. I like German wines, mostly whites, but German wines are great. The areas, the regions of Germans, Air, A-H-R, Air, Although it's the northernmost wine region, mostly it grows reds, like the spicy Spotburgunder, which is uh, Pinot Noir, which Pinot Noir is a lot easier to say than Spotburgunder. And another red grape, Portugieser. These both thrive in the stony soils and craggy slopes of the air region. Second region, Baden, B-A-D-E-N, is the land of full-bodied wines, excelling at Spotburgunder, Weissburgunder, and Müller-Thurgau. As Germany's southernmost region, Baden enjoys a sunny Mediterranean climate. Germany, you don't think Mediterranean, but it's there. Next one is Franken. This is located in Bavaria. It specializes in whites from the Sylvaner to the Mueller Thurgau. The, the region is known for bottling its best wines in an unusual flask shaped glass called the Box Buttel. German language is very, they don't have anything silent, they pronounce pretty much everything. So the Boxbutel is the glass at the Franken area. Next one, the Heisbergtrasse makes good wines from Riesings and Grubergender that uh, aren't too often exported. You're not going to find them. You're going to have to go there to drink them. Name for the old Roman trade route, Stracta Montana. This tiny region runs parallel to the Rhine River. And next one, Meiterhain, known for reasonings and Spatenbergender, it's Spate, not Spot, Spate, occupies the celebrated slice of the Rhine famous for castles. Notably, the upper middle Rhine Valley is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The region's vineyards are protected by steep stony hills and narrow valleys. And whenever you see a lot of pictures of German vineyards, this is the area that you usually notice. They, they show a lot of this area because it's so dramatic with the castles and the vineyards running 
45 degree angles up and down the hills and stuff like that. Next one, Moselle. It's famous for storybook pretty villages and racy delicate whites. It's a south-facing steep vineyards of slate soil which retain heat for ripening the Riesling grapes to perfection. Nahi, or Nahi, N-A-H-E. Named after a river, this gives wines of renown, focus, and intensity. Riesling, Müller-Thurgau, and Grubergunder ripen easily in the mild, false-free climate and legendary diverse soils. You know, you know, you picture Germany as being a uh, a uh, cold climate, but most of the vineyards in the southern part of the country, and also to the western part. Fats, uh, uh, P-F-A-T-Z, is a large and celebrated region, uninterrupted vineyards and countryside. Riesling and the red grape Dornfelder thrive in the warm, sunny climate, which is moderated by the Palatinate Forest. Next area, the Rheingau boasts a noble pedigree of Riesling and Spätburgunder, as well as the first harvest of Riesling Spätlese in 1775. Permission from the prince to begin a harvest was accidentally delayed for several weeks, during which time noble rot increased the sugar levels in the grapes, producing a rich, luscious wine. Excuse me. Hence the Spate laces and ox laces and all that. Rheinhausen, currently experiencing a renaissance, is Germany's largest production region. You can visit the historic wine villages of Oppenheim and Nierstein to taste Riesling, Müller-Thurgau, and Dornfelder. The Saal Unstrut is a small but historic area with a Vine cultivation stretching back to AD 998. Wow. Dry but with significant frost threats, white grapes, Müller-Thurgauer, Weisbergunder grow best. Next one, Schachin, S-A-C-H-S-E-N. It's the smallest and easternmost of Germany's regions. Focused on whites, Mühlenbergau, Riesling, and Weisbergunder are best suited to the cold winters and warm, dry summers. And the last region, Württemberg, is the Balochic land boasting forest and orchards dotting rolling hills, specializing in lesser-known varieties Trollinger and Limburger. 70% of vineyards are dedicated to reds. Those are your 13 major wine regions of Germany. I'm sure there's other grapes growing in other areas, but there's 13. But what the, the grapes, we mentioned those grapes. Let's tell you a little bit about each of the grapes. The Riesling is Germany's queen. Um, it ages, it has nice acidity, unique ability to produce a range of styles from dry to sweet. And it gives you a green apple, stone fruit, underscored minerality. German wines to me, and I mentioned green apple, they're German wines to me. I, you, you can give me a stack of white wines. I will pick out the German wine almost every time. To me, it always has this green apple undertones to it. Next one, the Müller-Thurgau. This is very popular there. It was long considered a workhorse white grape, but this varietal actually produces a fresh wine with herbs, apples, and pears. Uh, it's also known as Rivaner, R-I-V-A-N-E-R. Uh, it's a crossing of a Riesling and a Madeleine Royale grape, the Müller-Thurgau. And I, it doesn't tell you the history, but I think the Müller-Thurgau is only about 40, 50 years old. Spatbergunder, or the Pinot Noir, once Germany's closely guarded secret, is now poised to become Europe's next great red. Germany grows more Pinot Noir than New Zealand and Australia combined. Now think about that for a minute. Oh, my gosh. Producing wines of elegance and finesse, ultimate blackberry and cherry flavors. Whenever you speak of Pinot Noir, Germany definitely does not come into mind, but maybe it should. Interesting there. Next one, Dorm, a Dornfelder. 
This was bred in 1955 and introduced to Germany in the mid-70s. Not known much outside the German borders, makes for a very popular red wine. Thick skins give it a dark color with notes of blackberry and plum. Next one, Grauburgunder. G-R-A-U-B-U-R-G-U-N-D-E-R, Braugunder, or Pinot Gris. There you go. Much easier to pronounce that way. This is Germany's third most planted white, growing best on low terraces as well as in chalky, stony, and heavy soils. It produces wines ranging from very sweet with noble rot or the uh, late harvest to dry, versatile with expressions of mango, peach, and almonds. A lot of places grow this, the Pinot Gris, but third most planted uh, behind the Riesling and the Muller-Thurgau. And the last is the Weisburgunder, or Pinot Blanc. It is Germany's great sleeper white, showing alluring white peach and melon notes in youth will capable of complex, nutty flavors with age. Germany is the largest producer of Weiburgunder, or Pinot Blanc, in the world, with 30% of total global production. Pinot Blanc. I, I just, when I first read these, I was amazed. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, you don't think of this. I, I think of Germany, I think immediately of Riesling, or Müller-Thurgau, or Sylvaner, and that's about as far as me, but I don't think uh, Spotburgunder or Pinot Noir or Grauburgunder, Pinot Gris or Weissburgunder, Pinot Blanc. Burgunder must mean Pinot just by simple deductions from how these are. So, But there you go, a little short history, a little short, <coughs> excuse me, not history, but a little short trip to Germany uh, in the German wines and stuff. Okay, uh, is that all I wanted in that? Yes, it is. Uh, let's let's do another trivia here. Oh wow, look at the time too. See how Mike is very easy to go an hour. You just no, it's not. Nothing, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing to it. <laughs> it took. Three days to come up with the material for that show, and it was done in 22 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do a show. I can do this. All oh, right, no. I can do this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, well. You just Where's need it? to it? pause more. Like, like here, I'm going to do some trivia. This is be right. London Going London for a restaurant calling. break, we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have a little break for the, the host and for the listeners. And for the listeners. Go, make, and, go make you some dinner. And, I'll be right back. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when I come back, time. it's like, uh, yeah, yeah We're at half time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be well, good. Well, I'll do that for the next one. Half time. We'll be back. <laughs> Then you come back and you know how you do the. Uh, I'm drinking the wine. I'm going to put. I'm having a nice steak right now that I cooked during that break. And uh, yeah. here we are with. Yeah, I cooked it. There you go. Uh, that's a good idea. I'll make a note of that. I'll do the yeah. um, halftime for wine show. So. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Use that time. That's funny. Uh, why didn't they think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, let's do another trivia here, and then we'll end for the night. Uh, a couple of tributes here. i got a couple of things to talk about. This London Calling. Uh, for much of history, health concerns over contaminated water supplies meant that wine and beer were the everyday beverages of choice. What many of us may not realize, however, is just how long this was common practice. Consider London as late as the 18th century, according to historian H.W. Brands, he is a distinguished professor of history at Texas A&M University. There were hardly a moment when average Londoners were not drinking something with alcohol in it. 
They drank beer with breakfast, followed by a little sherry as an eye-opener. As the morning wore on, more beer would be consumed interspersed now and then with some brandy. Every Londoner's first form of central heating, which was brandy, with lunch, ale would be taken, followed in the afternoon by elder wine or raisin wine, which would be consumed along with a new novelty afternoon tea. Dinner mandated wine as we know it, that is, made from grapes. And before bed, there was always a little punch or liquor to ensure one slept well. So that was up to the 18th century. Uh, Just only a couple hundred years ago they were doing that. And consumption in restaurants. Here's something you also almost never see. A restaurant with no wine on the tables unless it's IHOP at 8 a.m. or a barbecue joint where Bud is a preferred libation. But what do we really know about wine consumption in restaurants? From a survey carried out by Vinespo American in collaboration with the Wine Spectator magazine came some of these findings of regular wine drinkers. These are defined by people who drink two, uh, drink twice a week. 82.4% often or always drink wine when they eat out. That's a lot, 82.4%. 65.1% choose a wine they've never had. And this percentage decreases with age. So of people in the 30s, 69% chose a new wine as opposed to only 45% if in the 60s are uh, baby boomers. And... asked for advice of a waiter or sommelier or somebody who is on staff. So, interesting little tributes there. So, there we go. Uh, We're done. We're done for the night. We're finished with another one. And uh, we got those wineries. You can go attend events coming up. And uh, I got, I couldn't find, I knew I had one here from a couple of Florida wineries, but they didn't. Hmm, I don't know. But events come with wineries and all sorts of stuff going on. So, yeah, usually, um, uh, you usually mention, um, was it Whispering, uh, Whispering, Whispering Oaks. Oaks? Whispering Oaks. Yeah, they yeah, have, Whispering yeah. Oaks. Yeah, that's, that's one of them that I, I thought I saw one, but I, hmm. Maybe, it, I, you know, I, what I think what happened was Whispering Oaks popped up last week. And the event was this last weekend, and I think I just, you know, because uh, of that, right. popped it out of it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, we will uh, return then uh, next Thursday, which is uh, August the 16th. Wow, August the 16th already. Um, and uh, it'll School be uh, 7 p.m. Here in Florida, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Good. Uh, School started. Right. It's been it nice traffic to drive now. Yeah, yep. yeah, and uh, my uh, granddaughter and families live up in north of Atlanta, and they started like a week and a half ago. Mm. Oh, oh my gosh! You know, so yeah, it's it's on us now. So there we go. Um, yeah. So they go to Be careful a couple of weeks. Yes, yeah. yes, very much so. Um, and stop for school buses. I don't know if they do that in all yes. countries, but. Uh, here, when they see that stop bar, stop sign come out, stop. Red lights come on, stop. stop. Don't speed past it because you have to wait for you know a minute and a half. Stop. Right. Yeah. You know, for heaven's sake. <clears throat> yeah. Good point. Um, there we go. We'll see uh, everybody next Thursday right here on All About Wine. Thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, when oh, it's live. I, or I in take, you might be taking your Lamborghini hmm? to that event though, so you know. <laughs> I went to their website. They have some really nice photos. They do have some good photos at festivalsofspeed.com. Oh, it's very nice. And they have quite a few events in this area, too. So if you missed the one in Orlando coming up, there's uh, St. Petersburg next year. Uh, They have a big event there. They have uh, uh, actually two, I think, two or three in the Orlando area this year alone. And uh, um, Amelia Island, I think, one, and I forgot what the other one was, but then they had, I saw St. Petersburg in 2019, so 
Um, and they, yeah, have they, they have wine there. I mean, you know, this is all about wine, but they have wine at these. They have some nice wines. They do all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. I mean, they, they send an invitation to Florida State Winery, which, you know, obviously no longer exists, but but they have wine there. And so, you know, mm. get, get yeah. your name on the list or go out and buy yourself a Lamborghini so you can be invited or whatever it takes. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. all proceeds to charities. Kids Beating Cancer is the one that you're doing in Orlando this weekend so or next week. So. Yeah. That's fantastic. Good, good, good uh, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in again yep. and uh, keep uh, keep drinking wines. We'll see you. Be <laughs> safe you. out there yeah. and thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.